Hopefully they'll preach a little closer to you today. <laughs> Gerald just did this at the chapel last Sunday, so I'll take the freedom here. <laughs> Does this mess up recording at all? Okay, I'm going to do something different. Never done this before. I have two sermons, and uh, both, uh, both I've preached at the chapel before, and so I'll let you decide which you feel the most need for. The one sermon is Philemon. I'll, I'll take a raise of hands here in a minute. One sermon is uh, from the little letter of Philemon where Onesimus comes back, or is sent back by Paul to his, his master. The, he was a runaway slave. And so that, that sermon is about uh, fellowship in the church, um, really accepting people in to fellowship. And that other sermon is from Colossians the teaching about uh, household relationship, husband and wife relationship, children, family, uh, employer-employee relationships. And so it's about living the Christ life in the home and in the workplace and in the world. So it doesn't matter to me. (laughs) One is handwritten. Ruthie says the, the type ones do go better but I won't tell you which one is typed and which is handwritten. <laughs> Would you believe I actually use a computer sometimes? To, if I have enough time, I use a computer. If I'm in a hurry, I, I still handwrite my sermons. But Anyway, just close your eyes and... Uh, uh, yes? <laughs> okay. okay, if you just close your eyes. And if you'd like the one from Philemon, uh, raise your hands, please. Okay, the one about family and workplace. Okay, I think we have the one from Colossians. It is the handwritten one, by the way. (laughs) Okay, I've called this um, Living Christ-like in the Home. And in the world, this, this is actually about the fourth sermon I preached from Colossians over Pierce Chapel. The purpose of the letter of Colossians, uh, or kind of a theme for the, the letter from Apostle Paul, was to spur Christians on to maturity. Uh, in Colossians 1.10, Paul wrote that we are... Uh, he wanted them to live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. And then in verse 28 of that same chapter, chapter 1, the apostle writes, he says, I preach and I warn and I teach in all wisdom so that He may present everyone fully mature in Christ. And... Uh, Apostle Paul goes on to teach that there's only one road to Christian maturity, and that is in having a a constant, life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, You see, and he writes in chapter 2, verse 6, Just as you received Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, Strengthened in faith as you were taught. 
So he was, he was telling them, if you, if you, and us, he's, this is written, we believe this is the word of God for our day too, all for the word of God is timeless. And uh, so he's writing, the only way to really mature as a Christian is to have a, a constant life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, there were erroneous teachings afloat in Colossae. Some were saying that to be a real Christian, you must become a bona fide Jew and be circumcised and keep the rituals and the ceremonies and the law of Moses. And uh, Paul countered by writing that the, the, the law in its time and its, for its purpose was good, but now Christ has fulfilled the law, and so the keeping of those ceremonies is no longer necessary. He said that the law was the shadow, and Christ is the substance. He's the real, real thing. Others were teaching that, that um, you needed to have some superior knowledge to really be a true Christian and to grow as a Christian. And Paul retorted, in Christ, Christ or in Christ are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You don't need something extra besides Christ. You just need Jesus Christ and all his knowledge and wisdom. And then there was also the, the there was another erroneous teaching that you need to keep a strict uh, set of ascetic rules. And he used, remember the verse where it says, taste not, touch not, those kind of things. To mature as a Christian, and Apostle Paul replies, and I'll read this verse, this is chapter 2, verse 23. This is from New Living Translation. These rules may seem wise because they, re they require strong devotion and pious self-denial and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desire. So Apostle Paul writes that this new life and the, the, the ability to live a, a holy, growing, a, a growing and maturity Christian life is, in, in, in con, <coughs> is rooted in Jesus Christ, and it's rooted in conversion. You've died with Christ, you have risen with Christ, therefore set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. Uh, we, do, we do need to make applications of the Bible. We're dishonest if we don't apply the Bible to daily living. But our attention must be on Jesus Christ and directly to his word. And uh, in that way we'll grow and mature. By faith, having experienced the new birth, we're connected to Jesus Christ in his death and uh, burial and resurrection. Our, own, own, our old sinful life is dead and buried with Christ, and we now have new life. We're risen with Jesus Christ, and we have a new life to live. So when we remember these spiritual realities that uh, we're, are, we're dead to the old sinful nature and we're alive to Christ, that gives us a powerful motivation for for living a godly life and resist, re, resisting sin. And when we, we, when we sense the old nature, the old desires rising up again, wanting to come back to life, we can 
consciously, deliberately say, no, uh, that part of us is dead with Christ, has died with Christ. And really we're saying, yes to Jesus Christ, Lord, I'm alive to you. And uh, lead me by your word, lead me by your spirit. Show me, show me how you want me to live and, and empower me uh, to, to live in the spirit. Okay, we should read this text. This is Colossians 3. Going to start at verse 16 and let's see. It's Colossians 3, 16 through uh, verse 6 of chapter 4. Maybe I'll let someone else read it. Nathan, would you read that scripture? Colossians three sixteen through 4, 6. Okay. Colossians three sixteen through Okay. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of, of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. For he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Okay, and and in this letter, Paul to the Colossians, Paul wrote many things about this new life that is that is to be lived in Christ. He said that he said, brothers and sisters, grow in Christ, grow in love, live in gratitude, grow in steadfastness. Let let the peace of God rule in your life. Clothe yourselves with kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Uh, bear with each other, forgive each other, put on love, be bound together in perfect unity. 
uh, teach one another, teach one another in singing together. Uh, all these uh, beautiful teachings that, that Paul wrote uh, about uh, in Christian relationships and um, living together in Christian community. And then he shifts his focus a, a bit and says, and you're to live these things in your household, right, in your families, and in, then in the workplace too. Live out these, live out your faith in your homes. Be a real Christian. Uh, grow up in, grow up to maturity and live it out in your, your home relationships. Right in our homes and families where we're really ourselves or most, mostly ourselves. At home where we tend to let down our guard. At home where we drop the pretenses. At home where our real and full emotions come out more. At home where we don't always keep the best foot forward. Uh, the Christian life, the, the Christ life, is to be lived at home. And maybe the home is the most revealing place of how mature we really are as Christians. We probably have three categories of people here. Some of us are quick to show our frustrations and anger uh, to the whole world. Uh, some of us uh, show it at home. And maybe some of us are mature enough that we just nip those frustrations and anger in the bud and kindness reigns in our relationships. I'll not judge you which category you feel you're in. I'll not tell you which one I'm in. I'm not fully in the last one, that's for sure. <laughs> but I, I do hope uh, that this scripture will show us that the Christ life is to be lived at home and in the workplace, two places where we are in relationships, close relationships. And I uh, found, found this, a, uh, this scripture a great encouragement. Okay, it started with verse 16 and 17. Uh, so that we'd have a backdrop for this household teaching. Uh, that we need the word of Christ to, uh, to enrich us so that we will be prepared to live a Christ-like life in our families and in the church and in the workplace and in the world. The other part of this backdrop, backdrop to this family teaching that I wanted us to notice that, that whatever we do in word or deed, we're to do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that this doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus least has a twofold meaning. One is that if we're, if we're acting in Jesus' name, we are his representatives.